<laughs> well, here we are, the final message of our different series. For the past three weeks, we've camped out in the 10th chapter of the Gospel according to Mark. And Pastor Mike has shared with us the ways that Jesus challenged those around him to think differently about some difficult topics because the Lord God has set us apart as followers of Christ to live differently. This morning, on this All Saints Sunday, we're going to talk a bit again about a difficult topic, one that we cannot dance around, no matter how badly we may want to. We have each one experienced it. Grief. More specifically, how we, as followers of Jesus, are called to grieve differently. And we'll have an opportunity to spend some moments of reflection and light a candle in memory of the ones we love who have died. But before we do that, we're going to leave behind Mark's account of the life of Jesus and turn our attention to the book of Isaiah. May we hear joyful moments yet to come promised to God's grieving people. Hear the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord will wipe away all tears from all faces. And the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Let us pray. Almighty God, your word is life and your promise is trustworthy and true. By the power of your Holy Spirit, write your word on our hearts so that hope may sustain us in our grief. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray, amen. In this passage, Isaiah envisions a familiar mountaintop where God swallows up death forever, wipes tears from all faces, and alleviates hunger with a celebration feast for all. You must know how desperate the hearers of these words were for such a hope. Judgment had fallen hard on God's wayward people and they longed for an end to suffering and death. They ached for relief from their oppression. These promises sustained their faith through the horrors of exile and unimaginable grief. 
Isaiah's prophecy of a rich feast was an astounding dream in the midst of the famine that surrounded them. They went to sleep, I imagine, clinging to the words that one day God will swallow up death forever and new life will reign eternal. And a feast would mean community. They would be reunited and celebrate with the ones who had been scattered, the ones they loved that had been separated from them. As I read these words from Isaiah, I am reminded how like these God's people we are. Don't we also long for an end to suffering and death and dream of a feast where we will be reunited and celebrate with the ones we love who have been separated from us? A celebration feast for all. Every time we gather, we only need to look around and hear one another's voices in song to be reminded that we are part of a community. But how often do we forget that our Jesus-loving community isn't only us? We really are surrounded by a greater community than we can see. These Beautiful photos represent a portion of that greater community, the great communion of saints that we speak of when we recite the Apostles' Creed. We are a product of Jesus' followers who have come before us. It is because of their faithfulness in living different that we first heard the name of Jesus and began a life with him. Their faith helped us to believe, and their hope in God's promises continues to live on through us. And so, I do invite you now to come and take some quiet moments to honor the saints who have gone on ahead of us, those who paved a way for us, for their faith-filled lives they lived and the lives they yet live with Christ. As the music plays, come and light a candle. Remember the faith of your loved one. Spend some time seeing the reflection of candlelight on the faces of these dear ones who yet live. Come and be reminded that we are part of a greater kingdom community that expands beyond what we can see.
Writing to the believers in Thessalonica, Paul urged them to consider the promise of the Lord's return and the resurrection that will then take place. He said, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Notice that Paul doesn't use the hope of the coming of the Lord as a reason to avoid or deny grief. Rather, he points out that a believer not grieve as though there is no hope. As heart-crushing as it is, we hold on to the truth that our grief is temporary. Our grief has an end, and its end is the appearance of Christ. The moment we long for when his return sets all things right and we are joined into the gathered community of saints. The scripture passage in Thessalonians and the one that we heard about of the vision of the great celebration feast in Isaiah brings us comfort and has been bringing comfort to generations long before us. These words remind us that Christ's followers experience grief, but not despair. Sorrow, but not defeat. Sadness, but not hopelessness. We grieve different because we hold true sorrow and true hope, both. These things don't cancel one another out. We can feel the great weight of sorrow and the great thrill of hope. In moments of deep sadness, we can still feel joy. It's that tension that Pastor Mike often reminds us of, the already and the not yet. It makes us different. 
I know it's true. Jesus' followers do grieve different, and I know it's true because of you. These years that we've shared together here at Faith, I have watched you live out your faith and your grief, both. You have shared memories of your dearest friend with a smile through your tears. You have held up another after they lost their spouse because you walked that very same heart-aching pain. You have journeyed the depths of sorrow after the loss of your child or your precious grandchild. And yet, you hold on to the hope that one day you will hold your sweet one again. I witness the way you live out your faith as an offering to the Lord from the most tender part of your heart. And I am thankful. You exemplify that as Christ followers, we do indeed grieve different. You hold fast to his promises. You hope in the truth that death is not a permanent separation. The hope of being reunited with the ones that we love is founded on the truth that Christ defeated death. His resurrection makes way for our resurrection. Because he lives, our loved ones also live. Soon and very soon, we will join together in his celebration feast and rejoice in worship, in community, with one another forevermore. That is the exact word that our friend Judy Billups used. As chaplain, I've had the honor of spending moments with Judy during her recent hospital stay. She and Lou have been grieving along the stages of her cancer journey a long while now. She allowed me to ask her a question. How is it really, Judy? How do believers in Jesus grieve differently? And you know what she told me? We grieve differently because we do not grieve alone. We grieve in community. It brings Judy and Lou great comfort to have you, their faith family, to come alongside them and their family. The calls and messages and cards and loaves of banana bread, I think she told me six, <laughs> have been reminders of the tremendous support that they have. The Lord has used your love and your faithful prayers as his instruments of heart healing hope in their lives. After my visit with Judy, I also visited a woman in the room next to her. She did not hold the same hope that Judy holds. She was a stark reminder that there are yet so many who do not know Jesus 
and the deep abiding comfort of a life with him. They long for an end to suffering and death. They ache for deliverance from oppression. They need to hear the promises that will sustain them through the horrors of exile and their unimaginable grief. They too want to go to sleep at night, clinging to the words that one day God will swallow up death forever and new life will reign eternal. My experience as chaplain challenges me. Are we sharing the hope of Christ beyond one another? Are we bringing the Lord's promises to those who do not yet know Jesus? Are we sharing the vision of a great feast yet to come to a people desperate for hope? Will you tell them? Will you share your hope with them of the feast where they will be reunited and celebrate with those they love that they have been separated from? The celebration feast is for all. Will it be because of your faithfulness in living different that they first hear the name of Jesus and take their first steps into a life with him? Will your faith help them believe? Will your hope in God's promises continue to live on through them? Let us carry these words from Isaiah with us and just maybe by God's grace, he will lead us to share them with someone new this week. And it will be said on that day, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. In light of this promise, hope, let us prepare our hearts and our minds once again for this celebration feast that we are invited to each and every Sunday. Let us take this moment to share together in the sacred grace of confession and pardon. God has promised to make of us a new creation, laying to rest the former things and making all things new. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. Almighty Lord and God, in Jesus Christ, you came from heaven to dwell among us, calling us to be your faithful people. Yet we remain shrouded in sin. We hurt and disgrace ourselves. We abuse and destroy one another. We dishonor your holy name. Forgive us, unbind us, and let us go, so that we may stand among your saints, rejoicing in your saving grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Listen, the one who is seated on the throne says, See, I am making all things new. 
and now it is finished. Hear the good news. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen.